Welcome to Slow Stories. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, the founder of Connected Editorial and the host and creator of this podcast. For those of you just joining in, Slow Stories is a series that deep dives into the rising slow content movement. In each of these episodes, I interview brand builders, entrepreneurs, and creative professionals who share what slow content means in the context of what they're building and why slowing down and creating thoughtful stories is more important than ever. Before we get into today's episode, hear from Sandy Frazen of Weldon Bags, who shared a talk that recently inspired her to slow down and embrace gratitude. Here's more from Sandy. Hi, my name is Sandy Frazen, and I'm the founder of Weldon Bags. Something that made me slow down and stop and think. Last year, I attended the Embrace Ambition Summit that the Tory Burch Foundation put on. I was so excited to see all these amazing women speakers. I was ready to be inspired. One of the first to enter was Young Ming Park. She's a human rights activist from North Korea. She had an unimaginable story. How could she overcome such hardship? I was moved by her strength and courage and her ability to share her journey. She used her voice to educate us and help others. I was blown away. And it made me think. What am I grateful for? How can I use my voice, even if it's just as simple as being kind? If you haven't had the opportunity, I strongly encourage you to look up Young Ming. As we enter into the holiday season, her words ring in my ears. How can I slow down, stop, be grateful, be kind? Thanks so much again to Sandy for sharing. Again, the talk she referenced is by activist Young Ming Park. Now onto my interview with Manali Chitani of Wild One. Manali Chitani's inherent creativity has paved the way for an enriching design career. The industry-leading creative has spearheaded brand design and development for renowned companies including Sweetgreen and Bloomingdale's, and in turn has mastered the art of integrating brand creative and content in a wholly integrated way. Now she's rising to the occasion once again in her role as co-founder and head of brand at Wild One, an elevated pet brand that creates design-driven, durable products for modern pets and their people. While there are a million different directions Wild One could take in communicating their unique product offering and narrative, Manali firmly believes that slowing down and placing quality at the forefront of all creative decisions will cut through the noise and create a brand that has true longevity. In this interview, we spoke more about the evolution of Wild One's content and why asking questions can ignite some of the most memorable storytelling. Without giving too much away, here's more from the inspiring Manali Tatani. My relationship with creativity and art in general really started with me just being very childishly artistic and eventually led to me going to RISD. And so during that time, I really wasn't thinking at all about how that manifested in a future. And I didn't know at all how to connect tangible creative skills that I was learning to a business. And I think for the most part, um, throughout that whole experience or growing up with a creative mindset, I really only knew that I really, really loved storytelling through branding and design. Um, And I loved creating these conceptual visual narratives that supported brand and product. And so while 
I don't design as much like physically at work anymore. Um, I definitely think that my entire career was really rooted in that. And I had those opportunities afforded to me both at Bloomingdale's and at Sweetgreen to connect those tangible skills I learned in school to building businesses. And um, right now at Wild One, it's design in general is just a core pillar of who we are and our identity as a business because of that. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm wondering how you think all of this has evolved in tandem with our digital first landscape too. Yeah. So, I mean, I honestly, I started out when I was, you know, learning design and going to school. I really started out as a print girl. I was loved making books and I really, all of that like storytelling aspect that I love of design really felt very physical to me. And so my first lesson kind of in this digital landscape and design actually came at Sweetgreen. And it was the first time I needed to think through translating this in-store customer journey to an online one and to think through how a brand manifested in this digital scrollable experience. Um, But yeah, think about it. You walk into a Sweetgreen and immediately there's this vibe, right? There's music. um, It's design friendly. It's clean and modern. The people are cool. Like there's a friendliness of the team members and you're quite literally surrounded by this positive, energetic environment. And so being tasked with putting that online in an ordering app or on a social feed or in emails, is it's pretty daunting. And it was definitely a big learning curve for me at the time. Um, but our consumers are, they're mobile first and very, very digitally engaged. And I think over time, I've really grown to love creative directing within those parameters. And I find it really fun to think about kind of how to create that similar experience online by connecting with your customers in all of these different places and knowing what to say where and how all those connections and conversations get pulled together to encompass and kind of tell the entire story of Wild One. Totally. And then on that note, tell us a little bit more about Wild One because it's such a specific product and need and where did you see the most opportunity to innovate in that space? Of course. So Wild One, we are um, a brand that creates product, really designed, elevated, but functional products for pets. Um, And right now it's mostly in the hard goods world. It's leashes, collars, carriers. Um, And as pet owners, we really saw this opportunity um, to create a better product in a space that was really filled with um, a lot of noise, honestly, both on the content side that we'll talk about, but also in the product side, you know, the experience of shopping for your dog or cat or whatever your pet is, is, is pretty clouded. You go online onto a major online retailer and you're scrolling through pages and pages and pages of very commodity, unbranded product with no loyalty behind the product, no clear value drivers to what those are and it's it's very overwhelming and the analog version of that is the same thing in store it's you walk into a petco or petsmart and it's just a really overwhelming experience and we really we wanted to kind of hone in on that and create a line of essentials which is here's the one-stop shop for everything you need it's well designed it's well made it's product that you can count on um wrapped around a brand that you can get behind that has an impact that um, you know, creates community and builds community around around its product as well. And so that's that's really what we've aimed to do in the last year. 
It comes across, and I think you really hit the nail on the head when you were talking about the amount of noise and the detached sort of experience that many consumers have. And in my work, I'm on the other side of things where I'm helping brands tell these stories through content and digital. And so when I really started to develop what connected editorial and even what slow stories could be, it all kind of came to a head after these ongoing conversations I was having with brands who were trying to find a sustainable way to use content and digital to tell these stories without losing quality. And so collectively, there's an ongoing conversation and desire to slow down and lean into the slow content movement. And so I'm wondering, what does this idea of slow content mean to you and what you're building at Wild One? Yeah, I mean, it's so relevant to what we've been talking about internally as it relates to our content strategy. Um, you said it really well, right? At at a certain point, a few years ago, even, we had a point where everyone was realizing that um, attention spans were shorter and then snackable content became this big movement. Everyone wanted to create like five minute snackable things that you could listen to on your way to work or this or that. And it just creates, all of that creates so much noise. And that in conjunction with just looking at content as a performance marketing tool and saying, we need to create a ton of uh, product-oriented educational content around why our leash is the best leash because it'll drive search optimization and it'll validate the value of our products to customers, et cetera, et cetera. But the reality there is, is do we? Um, We're different from other pet brands out there in that way. We don't create content for the sake of creating content. We're using content as a way to create and engage our community and we share something when we share something we really believe that it has to be deliberate and thoughtful and worthy of our customers time and frankly always has to be something we enjoy reading ourselves um and that's something that frankly we we discovered re- recently and it's it's interesting we hit a point where we were creating a lot of content that you know my co-founders and I took a step back and we were like is this is this what we want to be doing like is this really who wild one is um, and recently, we've really started to hone in on on who we are in the content landscape. And so on Thursdays, uh, we do a newsletter that's called Pets and Their People. And it always features someone from our pet community that we admire. And we give our readers a look under the hood of their life with their pet, how they met, the lessons they've learned, and so on. And we really take the time to make sure that these are true deep dive products of projects like conducting at-home photo shoots, in-person interviews, and there's quality control kind of means everything for us. So we want our readers to be excited when a fresh interview hits their inbox. And then additionally, just on making sure that, you know, we're putting content out there that people actually want. um, We recently launched dog horoscopes and they're really intended to be fun and funny and a breath of fresh air from that traditional dog content you see. So we're, we're big believers in testing and asking our community, you know, what they want and what they'll respond to. And horoscopes are the perfect example of that. We sent one out a few weeks ago and we got so much good response um, from, from our customers and our readers online that we're making them kind of like a smaller reoccurring weekly series uh, because of that enthusiasm. And then as far as like what I was talking about before, those roundup tip types of classic dog content, I don't think it's to say that those articles don't have merit or value. There's just so much of it out there. 
Um, and we, we've just decided that we'll write about subjects that we feel distinctly passionate about. Um, otherwise, there are other voices that are filling that space. And the stories we tell feel uniquely wild one. And, and that's what we're going to do. That makes sense. And generally, would you say that Wild One's content has really transformed since the brand launched? Or generally, how have the logistics been when it comes to figuring and fleshing everything out on a day-to-day level? I think we started with doing a lot of everything. Um, it was a little bit of like, you know, what is content for Wild One? We had our theories, but we we were kind of like incubating a lot of ideas and testing and it was really a process of testing and learning and iterating and evolving and trying to see what what do people want that that caused us to kind of have that moment of realization that we are content for community and um, content to build our brand and and not you know the latter. And as a consumer of content, when you hear this phrase "slow content," what comes to mind for you, and how would you define it on a personal level? I think it's the, you know, it's the fewer, better things mindset, right? There's so much out there telling you, you know, where to go, what to buy, you know, why to buy it. It's very overwhelming. It's actually directly very similar to the the pet shopping experience that we're trying to solve for. And um, for me, just as a consumer, I hope to create content and to read content that is fun and digestible and not preachy and rooted in storytelling. Um, and that's something that we've definitely aimed, aimed to be true to at Wild One. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'd also love to hear your thoughts on the intersection of brand creative versus brand content, how they coexist, and if you have any tips for professionals who are looking to cohesively tell stories that resonate in our digital age. Yeah, I mean, I try not to draw a line between like content and creative. I think they're very related and complementary. Um, We have a very holistic voice and vision for Wild One, and both our creative and content are seamlessly woven together. I think that's actually what makes for successful brands with distinct identities. Um, As far as my biggest tip, I can't take credit for this one. I firmly owe it to Nathaniel Rue at Sweetgreen, kind of for hammering it into my brain. But he always used to say, like, consider the level of effort versus the level of impact in everything that you're doing. So know what works, know what your customer wants, put your efforts where you're going to see the return and the results um, and really know how to like filter. I think that's so true. And just from my vantage point, what I've also been seeing with brands telling stories and really trying not to overwhelm their communities too much is that the slowdown of content has also created more opportunities for offline storytelling. And so I've started to think about how content can exist in that way a lot more lately. I also know that you guys did a really beautiful pop-up shop, and I'm wondering how that experience was for you in terms of creating content-like moments in a physical space. Yeah, I think the objective for us there, honestly, content and experiential are very similar, right? For content, we're telling stories about our community and we're we're bringing together people online and the event aspect of it or, or the, you know, in IRL aspect of it um, is very similar. We have actually, we've done a few things. We did a pop-up last year for three months for holiday um, that was really designed and built to be the anti-pet store. Uh, it was very open. We had a retail wall, but there was communal seating. Um, we served beer and wine on the weekend. We cranked up the music and had events in there. And we would have movie nights and 
you know, little shopping fairs for the holidays with other vendors and adoption events. And it really became like a community center for people and their pets. And outside of that, very recently, actually, um, maybe one or two weeks ago, we threw a really amazing event at Vail Park at the William Vail called Dog Day of Summer. Um, and it was intended to do the same thing, right? We, you know, had an open bar, we had Mr. Dip serving burgers, and we just told everyone in New York, we were like, come one, come all of the pet community, bring your dogs and just have a great Sunday and hang out in this park with us. All of those events sounded like the perfect opportunity to slow down. And with that being said, I think that when we do find ourselves in those settings, we ultimately create more headspace to connect with one another and to think about the questions that we need to be asking, whether it's of our team or our community and maybe even more importantly, ourselves. And so I'm wondering what questions Wild One will be asking of its community more of in the coming months. It's a good one. I mean, I think in terms, I mean, it's easier for me to answer, like in terms of questions we ask ourselves, um, I think at this stage of business, it becomes really difficult when you're running all the time to find that moment of pause that you're talking about. And so I find that the greatest challenge that brand teams often have is asking themselves the simple questions that are often overlooked because of how much they're doing. And so you start talking to yourself instead of talking to your customer. And that's when you see things like messaging getting complex and content not hitting. And there's just this overthought because you're not stopping to ask yourself questions like why or who asked or what value does this add? And so in the next year, I think in terms of the questions we ask our customer, it's going to be simple to similar to the lessons that we've learned towards the end of this year, which is, you know, what do you want to see from us? Right. Um, and really trying to learn from what we're, we're putting out there in our customer responses. And that's, that's something that we've definitely aimed, if we put a greater emphasis, uh, emphasis on in the back half of this year is, is making sure that we're in constant conversation with our customer um, and asking what, what it is they want and how that then translates throughout content is one thing, but, you know, we do it all the time in terms of even just product, right? We're about to release two new products that are, 2.0 versions, iterations of our existing, purely based on feedback and and going to our customer and sitting down and, and talking to them about what it is they look for in their pet products. And then as a follow up to that, is there any one question that you hope people ask you as a founder when it comes to slowing down and continuing to create the space to make these thoughtful decisions in your business? I really much value when the people closest to me um, kind of act as a mirror. Um, I am very, very much like kind of the, the victim of, you know, having a hard time slowing down kind of once you get on a roll. And so, you know, I, I, I appreciate when the people in my life kind of turn around and say, Hey, like, is this necessary? Do you need to be doing this right now? Is this worth your time? Um, because sometimes you don't realize it. Sometimes you're just so busy owning and operating a business. I definitely hear you on that. And I think there's obviously a lot more that we could address on that idea alone. But for this interview, I want to close things out by asking you a question that's become pretty integral to each of these interviews. And that is, why do you think slowing down our relationship to content will ultimately help us live, work, and feel better? 
That's a great question. Um, I think slowing down makes for more thoughtful work. Uh, and in turn, more meaningful, that work is then more meaningful to our community. Uh, a beautiful story about a person's experience with pet adoption may take longer to create, but it's ultimately more impactful than flooding our channels with lengthy product write-ups and pairing back the, the quantity and showcasing less of like a look at me effect um, is really what this slow content approach helps separate out and decipher what's more important or deserving of that limited attention that we have. Um, and so I think the greater learning, you know, through all of this is that by allowing for moments of pause and reflection, we're giving ourselves the chance to be more thoughtful in what we consume as well as what we're putting out into the world. That was my conversation with Manali Chitani of Wild One. Whether you're a fur parent already or a pet person at heart, you don't want to miss the exciting things Manali and her team are up to. So be sure to follow Wild One online at wildone.com and Wild One on social. I'm Rachel Schwartzman, and we'll be back with our final episode of the year in just a few short weeks. Thanks so much for listening to Slow Stories.